Today, I'm from A to Z. <laughs> Chili down. Welcome to From A to Ziggy, the podcast where we talk about every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order, and we listen to them too. We don't just talk about them. Uh, my name is Travis. My name is Thomas. And today we're talking about Chili Down from the 1986 movie Labyrinth, our second time we're talking about Labyrinth. Yes. And I appreciate that we get to talk about another song from Labyrinth, and we're right around the time, we're, I guess we're off by a month or so, but this summer was the 30th anniversary of Labyrinth. Yeah, so it's and it's been re-released in theaters. Yeah, in some places, right? Yeah, I think I think it was in September, but I have to go back and look. I, I saw an ad for it when I went to go see a re-release of Ghostbusters a couple months ago, so I was kind of buzzing hard over that, not taking in details of other parts of life. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is uh, kind of timing up nice with the 30th anniversary of Labyrinth, and uh, this is one of the more super weird parts of this super weird movie. Yeah, this is the part that takes place in the fiery forest, which uh, Sarah finds herself in. And it's sung by the fire gang, as they refer to themselves, or the fireies, as they're called in the puppetry credits of the film, or the chili downs, as they're called in the creature shop credits of the film. These are characters that live in the forest and they play games with all of the different parts of their body that can be detached. Hands, head, legs. Eyeballs. Eyeballs. They can, they can interchange. They can put one person's head on another. They can form these twisted, uh, unnatural shapes of, in imitation of horses and camels and uh, chickens. Uh, this scene really st- sticks out in this movie. Like you, I don't think you forget this scene. Yeah. This is an unforgettable scene. It's kind of in that, like, 80s kids movie, I can't believe this weird part is in a kids movie Hall of Fame scenes. My, my other prime example I would give would be, like, the Large Marge scene in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Where you watch it and you're like, why was I allowed to watch this? This is weird and terrifying and strange. And or, like, the entirety of the Raggedy Ann and Andy musical adventure. I don't remember which, much about that. Sadly, yeah, if you, if you don't remember that one... Um, check it out. Everyone must watch that movie. I will sing its praises until the very end. Um, Chili Down, children's movie, Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, upbeat song sung by these, these crazy, wacky creatures. Yeah. Henson puppets. So, you don't, I guess you can faintly, faintly hear Bowie in the background, but you really, he's not very prominently featured in this one. I don't really hear him at all. Now, did you spot his voice? No, but I read that he's in there somewhere. Yeah, it's supposed to be really low in the mix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the lead vocals are by the actors, the voice actors for the puppets. These being Kevin Clash, better known as Elmo. Yes. Who, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, there's the controversy around him. The, uh, I'm not sure if anything's ever been proven or not. The, the disgraced Kevin Clash. Yeah. Who, had to, who left Sesame Street under suspicious conditions. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Clash. Charles Augens. Danny John Jules, better known as to, to uh, Red Dwarf viewers as the cat. And Richard Bodkin. Charles Augens, also a choreographer on the movie. Um, didn't find any other credits for Richard Bodkin that you'd recognize, but all the others had other roles that you'd be familiar with. Elmo, the cat, the choreographer, and uh, Charles Bodkins. So, uh, yeah, these guys are singing it in the voices of the characters. And to differentiate them, um, 
they don't have names per se, but I kind of came up with names based on either their physical description or their voice. So Richard Bodkin, I called the big guy because he's got this deep voice. Uh, there's two that are sung by Danny John Jules. There's the guy at the beginning who sings Ain't Got No Problems. There's that one. And then he also does uh, the guy with the mustache who has kind of a kind of a weird indistinct accent. It kind of sounds Indian, kind of an odd one. But then there's also another one who has a distinct Jamaican accent. That's Charles Hoggins's character. And then there's Elmo who has the high-pitched voice, who I think also sings in a different voice as well. This song sounds so much like Fishbone, it kind of blows my mind. Fishbone. Yeah. The uh, late 80s, early 90s, they still they still put out records occasionally. I actually just saw them live a couple weeks ago. Um, it's like, mostly ska. They're a jam band, right? They're like the, uh, the remains of Fish. The very remains fish, of Fish. After Fish. Uh, I'll never say that to someone who's super into Fishbone. They would stomp someone. No, okay, uh, so they're, they're a ska band. Yeah, it's ska, punk, funk, reggae. There's some synth wave in there, some in some stuff. But this sounded so much like Fishbone, especially like the Fishbone element that is inspired by David Bowie, where you're just cramming a bunch of words into spaces where they don't really fit. Hmm. And just very weird call and response. And the song does kind of have like a reggae vibe. Yeah, it's an upbeat sort of party yeah. song. Yeah. So there's times where I was listening to it, just like on my earbuds, and I was like, oh right, I'm not actually listening to Fishbone right now. The call and response is prominent in this one, too. Yeah. I think that helps to sort of give it that vibe. And actually that even, like my first listen to before I even came to the Fishbone conclusion, when I was listening, just focusing on the call and response, it kind of reminded me of like Jimmy Cliff or like Max Romeo and the Upsetters, mm -hmm. where you had that like call and response, but like instead of having... Uh, you know, a lot of reggae bands back then, they had, like, female backing vocalists who kind of did that. But mm. they, in this case, it was more like male vocals that were singing back out. Uh, the, the call and response, too, is um, kind of a deliberate callback on Bowie's part to the song Success by Iggy Pop that they recorded uh, for the Lust for Life album. That song also has... Uh, that line, you, you were talking about, you mentioned the lines where they sort of cram a whole bunch of syllables into a, into a line yeah. that don't really fit. This song has that in a really, it, this is, it's my, I think it's my favorite part of this song. Ain't got no, uh, how does the line go? It's uh, ain't got no jewelry or gold mines. No, uh, ain't got no real estate or jewelry or gold mines to hang me up. Yeah. That's all like one line. And then the, the call and response guys start, start repeating that and they like sort of break down into laughter. Which, at the very end of that Iggy Pop song, he does a similar thing. So there's that. Bowie did a demo of this song, recorded a demo that you can find online. I think uh, Danny John Jules posted it to his YouTube oh. channel shortly after Bowie died. So you can find that one. That was like the tape that he gave to the actors to sort of sing along to and learn the song. Notably, though, it was a different version of the song altogether. Like, it had a very different chord structure, chord progression. Uh, where this one sort of stays pretty much the same, similar chords throughout. The other one had way more, it sort of danced up and down the scale. Had more of a doo-wop vibe to it than a reggae vibe. Which you can, you can hear it, you can watch the puppeteers sort of rehearsing to it, uh, to that version of it in one of the documentaries that comes with the Labyrinth home video releases. Yeah, so that's worth checking out. Yeah. In the demo they were called the Wild Things instead of the Fire Gang but apparently there was some sort of copyright issue where they couldn't be called the Wild Things. 
I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't that movie because that was this was way before the the movie with Nev Campbell and wasn't that called Wild Things? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that. There was another reason that they couldn't be called the Wild Things. I don't know what it was. I mean, if I had to guess, I would, be, I would assume because of the book. Where the Wild Things are? Yeah. That would be oh, yeah, that came out in the 80s, right? So it, not even before that. Maybe the wild, the uh, movie rights were still not... Um, how do movie rights work? Was there something prohibiting people from making a movie with Wild Things in it because of where the Wild Things are? Maybe they just felt that it was too close. Whereas, like, with the Nev Campbell movie, they probably got away with it because obviously there's no relation whatsoever. Well, yeah. There's, oh, yeah, because... The, there, there's nothing like that in that book. Because they're creatures in the forest. Yeah. So it's, it does kind of... It's just, and they have a wild rumpus. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely is a wild rumpus that they're having. Um, and just to kind of double back a little bit to uh, how much more liberal kids' movies were back then. Lyrically, parts of the song... Not the most child-friendly. Which part are you talking about in particular? I think I know which one. Uh, or the booty shaking, the sex appealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that part's on the soundtrack version, but not in the uh, movie. In the movie, that's the part where they're sort of changing heads and showing off to Sarah all the things they can do. Um, yeah, racy. Racy lyrics for racy a children's stuff. movie in uh, 86. And I'm imagining kids probably got the soundtrack or their I parents I would assume so I mean if did, it's a movie it's, musical the thing is kids are gonna want that soundtrack the thing is with the soundtrack a lot of it is is the actual score it sort of mixes the score with all the David Bowie songs so it could also be kind of a it's not really a kids album yeah but I'm sure there's a lot of kids that but kids probably lobby to get it their for parents Christmas to get or something it. yeah and you know they're listening to these things and uh David Bowie, shame on you for not thinking of the children and putting yeah, David Bowie. things like booty shaking and sex appeal in a song geared towards children. That is just, just wrong. Just wrong. Although um, I guess he'd been corrupting young children for 15 years by that point, so he didn't really care. It's true. Let the children lose it. Yeah. Uh, what else about Chili Down? About Chili Down. Same, uh, same musicians as Absolute Beginners. I don't remember if it was actually recorded at the same sessions, same time, but same band anyway. Uh, produced by Arif Marden, who also produced Tonight. We heard uh, Blue Jean. It's one of his songs. What else? So I'm assuming they're not on this song, but uh, backing vocals on this record, you have Shaka Khan and Luther Vandross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else? Yeah, the whole, the whole, I think that's on the song Underground. That whole, like, uh, that whole backing vocalist group. Who do we have? Uh, Luther Vandross. I thought there were more names that I recognized. I don't know as much about backing singers as I should. Did you ever see that movie? uh, Was it Six Feet From, Ten Feet From Starting? I've had it sitting on my queue for way too long. It was really good. I hope that none of the singers featured in that movie are in this list that I'm looking at, because that just means that it didn't didn't sink (laughs) in. Anything else about Chili Down? I think that's pretty much all I've got. Structurally, there's a cool thing that uh, that's a very Bowie way of writing a song where he does a cool trick with the chorus where the lyrics begin in the preceding bar so that when you repeat the chorus after itself, it's kind of hard to distinguish where, where it begins and where it ends. It makes it seem more complex than it actually is. That's a, that's a good songwriting trick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about all I've got, too. Any uh, covers? Any alternate versions? Um, I didn't see any. 
Um, I am going to try and start a movement for Fishbone to start covering this song when they tour. It needs I'm, to happen. I'm for that. I, I would like to hear this song played more. Kind of the way that Cat People is getting played. It's getting a lot yeah, more Yeah, there's been like lately. a... Ri- a, a can we can we claim credit for that? Because it has been within the last like few weeks that there's been like this cat people revolution. Yeah. So there was there was the Marilyn Manson version that we talked about. Yeah. And then Marilyn Manson and um, uh, Jennings. Uh, Shooter Jennings. Shooter Jennings. Yeah. Then there was uh, another pairing. Was uh, who was it? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I feel like Abby sent me a link about it. Who's the guy from uh, Depeche Mode? Oh, David Gahan. Yeah, it was him and someone else. It was uh, Mark. Mark Lanigan. Yeah, from Mark Screaming Lan- Trees. Yeah. Slash, uh, We're gonna get in Please the Stone Age. I'll be in serious trouble if I don't, didn't remember that name because one of his fans is following us on Twitter. A Mark Lanigan fan? Yeah. Right on. Um, Mark Lanigan's voice. Uh, he does have a really cool voice. So. Yeah, so Mark Lanigan and David Gahan yeah. did a cover. And now there was, uh, I saw on YouTube... Uh, who was it? The Electric Six yeah. played it live recently. Which, which I think we had mentioned their cover... Did we mention when we did that episode? I think they just they, a video just got dropped on YouTube. I saw it come up on my recommended too, or they had played it live. But I think we had discussed their cover okay. when we that was in the show. Might have been in the show, but, but it's yeah. kind of regained more prominence again. Yeah, and it's specifically the Giorgio Moroder version that's more popular. Yeah, the Let's Dance version hasn't held up as well. Yeah, but Moroder's had his own sort of comeback lately, and that's exciting. That's really cool. But Chili Down, I'd like to see the same thing happen because I, I think it's a, I think it's a worthwhile song. It's it's worth listening to. I do have one alternate version before we get into yeah, ratings, right. and that is the we mentioned an eight bit version of uh, Chant of the Ever Circling Skeletal Family. There's an eight bit version on the Famicom game Labyrinth, which has actually eight bit versions of all of the songs from the soundtrack, all the Trevor Jones songs, all the David Bowie songs. Is this the thing that got made recently? Or they, did, is so, there a Labyrinth video game that has existed since then? I think it was an 80s, a, a game that came that was from the same time as the movie. And I don't think it got a US release. It was on the Japanese Nintendo, the Famicom. And yeah, it's sort of a, a top-down sort of RPG adventure game. And uh, yeah, it's got that whole soundtrack. It'd be worth tracking that down and try to find the yeah. just to listen to it. But Chili Down, of course, is among those songs. All right, anything else about Chili Down? I don't think so. It's kind of odd that the Fire Gang are singing a song about chili, chilling, yeah. being cool. Chili down by the fire kind of feels like a contradiction. Yeah. Maybe it was 1986 slang for chill out by the fire. I, who knows? I was very young back then. Or, or chili down. If you have like a down blanket, you'd expect it to be warm. Yeah. Or maybe when it's chilly, you do wear down. Um, all right, yeah. So how many uh, detachable... Body parts. Would um, you give it? And, name, gonna, and uh, name the body parts. I would give this four detachable body parts. Right. This is a really cool tune. I really like this song. You're doing hands and legs. You're doing a head. Um, I'll, do, uh, I'll do one arm. I'll do a leg. An eyeball. And the uh, other arm. That's four. Yeah. Yeah. Good song. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's, this is one that I skip to when I'm listening to the... Labyrinth soundtrack. Sorry, Trevor Jones, but I go there for this. I mostly go there for this. I really like this song. I'd give it four, four body parts as well. I'm gonna go with my whole head. Whole head. I'm gonna pop both eyeballs out and uh, throw a hand in there. Yeah. 
That's four, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, just an explosion of, of body parts here at From A to Ziggy Studios. It's, it's bad. a really gruesome it's a bad sight. scene. But that's how much we enjoy this song. I'm sorry it's for anyone else to clean up the studio after this song. Yeah. It's going to be me because I... Uh, so that I can afford my education. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to do it for Chili Down. And uh, you, can, you, you can Chili Down with us on Facebook and Twitter, at From A to Ziggy, on, on the iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Ron's, the higher the better. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all those wonderful places. Until uh, next, next week, we're going to start the week off with... Uh, more racial stereotypes. Uh, how, how do we segue into this one safely? Well, we had the Jamaican accent and the, the weird indistinct accent in this song. So I'm going to go with the, the racism thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole racism thing. So next week, we will, uh, we're will we going to talk about a song that could never come out in 2016. China Girl. China Girl is the next episode. Until Monday, my name's Thomas. Uh, my name's Travis. Chilly down out there. It's true.